We are the Adventuring Guild, and this is the Homebrew Review. Once again, for another episode of the Homebrew Review, where you come to hear all about your favorite community-created content. Joining me once again today is Micah, Mike, Virgil, and Hope. We will be doing something a little bit different this time, as I am not running a standard adventure or any kind of pre-published material. This is 100% homebrew, based in my world of Arcadia. A super unique name there, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, we will be doing it on one of the three main continents. This one, the continent of Arcana. Uh, there is a main city-state within that named Tarant. Arcanum, I'm sure as you have realized, is based very much off of the game Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura. An awesome old video game, uh, uh, PC game that I absolutely adore. I stole the name and stole the name of the city because I love both of them. But other than that, it is an entirely new uh, continent with new peoples, new political structures, and everything like that. So please enjoy it and appreciate the influence that the game helped uh, inspire on this. Uh, we will be doing an entirely urban campaign this time, which is something we have not done yet. Cities are one of those things that are very much ignored, I feel, in a lot of games, uh, other than I go to a tavern, buy some potions, and get back to kicking ass in a dungeon. Uh, so we're going to try and bring that in, and it also ties in very well with the new campaign that just, or the new Dungeons & Dragons Adventure storyline that was released yesterday. So uh, yesterday, Water uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist was announced by Wizards of the Coast, so we're hoping to kind of do a little bit of inspiration with that as well and kind of channel our inner private investigator uh, with this podcast. So we will go ahead and start with introductions. Uh, real quick note of housekeeping. Once again, our intro and outro music was brought to you by Virgil Nelson. And our in-game... <laughs> thank you, Tiny, tiny Gulp Clap. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, Tiny Little flipper, Flippers. No spoilers. Um, so uh, once again, that music was brought to you by Virgil Nelson. And all of our in-game music is brought to you by TabletopAudio.com. Uh, we will go ahead and start with uh, Micah on your introduction, and we, oh wait, no, we're not going to start with Micah, his special request to start last. We're going to go ahead and start with Hope. Oh, okay. Hey! <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> I am playing Arla Nuffin, the human gambler. Quick shout out to Katie Gerard for helping with the name. Uh, the gambler was created on the Wiki by Lilderp21. Uh, there were quite a few things about this class that stuck out to me. I really liked the fact that like you can use cards when you're playing, 
And this one uses a standard 52 card deck. And that's what really made it stand out to me, because rather, rather than just having the same four cards that you use over and over again, you have a deck of 20 in your hand at any given moment. And so I thought that was really neat. There were quite a few things that ended up having to modify or change a bit, because the class one was not very well done, with a lot of mistakes made in it. Uh, the author, <laughs> like, if he's listening to this, a uh, quick couple of suggestions. Make sure you go back and proofread, please. There were, there were a lot of things that I wasn't sure exactly what you meant, and you also really weren't clear on a lot of the things of how it works, so I had to kind of make my best educated guess on what you wanted. Uh, one of the things that I had to choose on how it worked was whether I roll from my cards or if I draw from the deck. Starting out, the class said you roll for what card you want to use, so you roll a d20, and each card in your deck is assigned a number. So if you roll a three, that's the card you have in your hand. Well, later on, with a lot of his features, he was saying, like, by drawing a card and doing all these things that had nothing to do with rolling, and rolling for the card did not work. So looking at all of it to save time and to make it less overpowered, I just went with drawing the card instead of assigning numbers and rolling for them. It just makes it a lot easier that way. It makes it a lot easier to not break the game. Another thing that I changed about it was that you have to shuffle your deck uh, during a long rest or once you use up your entire deck. This was different because he never specified whether you could set your deck the way you want it to or not. So for that way, it makes it so I can't sit down before battle and be like, okay, I want to play this card, this card, this card. It, it makes it so you can't strategize. This is all about the luck of the cards. Uh, Going off of that, uh, I'm keeping everything else pretty much the same. I do want to explain my deck a little bit beforehand so you can kind of understand what I'm going to be doing. A lot of the cards are pretty overpowered, so I tried to make my deck as even as possible. I chose a lot of cards that would work well together and a lot of cards that were not overpowered. Uh, there is a card for everyone, so when you, if you're playing this uh, class, there's going to be a card that you love and a certain type of card that you just like and you can make a deck for almost any kind of character. For mine, I went off with a lot of luck and gambling with just the cards and so I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, so that's it. I'm just going to step in here real quick and say I feel your pain. D&D Wiki is a really iffy source for a lot of homebrew material because the stuff that's on there is almost exclusively broken. Yeah. Uh, when I did, uh, I did my uh, uh, ultimate con artist. I came from D and D I had, I spent. I mean, Bob can tell you, we spent days and days and days trying to make it even moderately balanced. Yeah, that was just with one of the archives. I did the same thing with the Shadow Soul off of D and It is an awesome concept, but you know, using the souls of departed people, you know, as your power source. But holy crap! Yeah, it's a it great. Was, yeah, it's a great place to find a concept. Yeah, it's a great place to find or like, a concept. Or like Jessica Soulstone. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. For the Chaos Plan. Yeah. Uh, oh, we we broke that entire thing down. Yeah, a lot. Hey everyone, this is Virgil, and I'm going to be playing Clyde Darkwillow, the halfling rogue. Uh, I took the archetype of Breakthrough. I really like the Breakthrough archetype, uh, because a lot of times rogues have to be built very dex-heavy and very... I have to be the nimble, sneaky person, where the Breakthrough rogue at level 3 
I gain proficiency in medium armor, and I can use sneak attack with one-handed weapons that aren't finesse. So this allows you to actually build a strength-based row. So I'm not going super strength-based. I'm going to have a high strength, but still my dex weighs, dex weighs out on my character concept. Uh, but the other really neat thing is uh, the main feature of the archetype, which is breakouts. Uh, when I uh, roll sneak attack damage against a target, I can choose to break the enemy instead, or break out the enemy instead. And instead of suffering my sneak attack against me, I pass it on to the next instance of damage. So I can give my sneak attack damage to my allies. With that, if I decide to break out, as a reaction, I can re-roll sneak die equal to half my level. So, you know, you roll a bunch of ones on your sneak die, I can re-roll those to hopefully do a little bit more damage. That's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just think it passed on to the Barbarian. Sneak attack with a great axe. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. dude. Got rage damage on top. Brutal crit if it's a crit. I mean, yeah, hey. well, if you crit with the sneak, it, you yeah. crit the sneak as well. So Exactly. That could be super yeah. powered depending yeah. on what you're doing. Board. Anyway, continue. Uh, uh, this is just very... It's a very... Uh, support a support-based rogue, giving up your damage for someone else to do a lot of damage. Uh, later, I can roll initiative for an ally if they can choose to take the higher one. Uh, I can grapple creatures if I break them out as a bonus action. And eventually, I can do... Uh, uh, when I break out an enemy, the opponent suffers the first and the second instance of damage. So basically, you get sneak attack twice per turn which is going to be super powerful late game. Again, the rogue is just uh, the, the rogue class, so it's a very specialized uh, class that you can... Uh, very defensive as far as, uh, like, evasion and uh, elusiveness and stuff like that. So I think this is going to be a very interesting class, uh, especially the way I'm going to be playing it. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to support allies and... Uh, help them show how powerful their class can truly be. <clears throat> hey everybody, this is Mike back again. Uh, this week I'm going to be playing Lumea Brightheart. Uh, my homebrew content for this session will be the Lightborn Player Race, created by Mark Holmes. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, if you've ever wanted to play a Celestial-style being without being an Asimar or any other higher ranks, uh, thing that brings a lot of limitations. Lightborn is essentially a human who has been infused with the power of celestial energy that seeps through from the outer realms. Uh, some key notes about her. Uh, she receives ability scores of charisma plus two and constitution plus one. Um, you gain persuasion as a proficiency through the natural speaker ability. Brave, you have advantage on saving throws against being frightened. Radiant Spirit allows you to use the light cantrip and once you reach third level, you can cast Heroism once per day as a second level spell, and it can scale as you move up. And then the best ability for me is Hope Never Dies, which I made the joke about Hope. We're going to keep her alive. Uh, anytime you're reduced to zero hit points, you can instead be reduced to one hit point. And if you have not used the Radiant Spirit ability to cast Heroism, you can do so as a reaction. So that sounds like a lot of fun. It's kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. And I'll be playing a Warlock today. I was going to give a shout-out to a person who created the Divine Arbiter Warlock pack. Uh, his name is The Singular Anyone. 
The Divine Arbiter was originally what I was going to play. It's fantastic. It's got a lot of options, but it's almost solely pure tank. And I wanted to play a more melee influential character. I want to be in and out of combat. I want to bounce around and heal, get back to combat and hit. So I chose the Celestial Pack, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. And starting at first level, I'm going to have access to Cure Wounds and Guiding Bolt, plus an ability called Healing Light, where with this ability I'll get a D6 plus 1D6 per Warlock level, and I can use those as a bonus action to heal allies. So I think that's just a great... The fact that it's a heal on a bonus action is going to be so clutch in certain situations. And then also those continue to scale upwards. However, the limitation for that is that you can only use as many dice as your charisma modifier. So starting off, I can use up to four, but uh, I, I'm excited to see how that's going to play out through the rest of the uh, session. Oh, and then I'll be using some invocations from D&D Wiki, and I think that's about the only homebrew stuff that I'm taking advantage of. I was definitely behind the eight ball in the end. I had a good run for a while, chasing down Klaus Griff to drop us another sorts of red hots for global elbows, but it was only a matter of time before the jack dried up. Figured rather than shuffle it off in papers and dipping into the case stove, I'd take it on the heel toe out of the office and see what kind of gumshoeing I could kick up down at the old chin well. With all the jaspers and hot cases and chippies floating around, I knew I'd be lucky to find work. But I needed to dip the bill anyway. In a town full of high binders and hoods, some days it seems like I might be the only straight guy around. Need something found or got yourself into a bit of a jam, I'm your luck. Name's Tracy Fisher, Private Dick. Don't let the small statue web feet and lack of opposable digits fool you. Ping, this penguin is the best bloodhound in the business. Oh my god! <laughs> you didn't hear it. We were trying so hard not to roll with laughter. Everybody's face here was bright red, clutching their oh mouths, trying not to laugh out loud. <laughs> Oh my god, that was amazing. Thank you, Micah. Oh, Holy yeah. crap. Michael Holmes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We're done. Uh, we're done with it. Thank like, you. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Join us next week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> for those of you who haven't figured it out, this is Micah again. Uh, this time around, I will be playing a Penguin Folk Seeker. Uh, the Penguin Folk, courtesy of Longshot Forester on Reddit. The Seeker class comes from another Reddit user called I Am a Secret Wizard. Um, I'll also be utilizing a number of spells from Metabot's Magical Maneuvers, as well as a weapon from the D&D Beyond homebrew section from Champion Steven. Um, of course, Penguin Folk is exactly what you'd expect to be, Anthropomorphic Penguin. Uh, no, no digits to speak of, just the flippers and the beak and the feet. And the, um, really wanted to do a fun fun race this time around with, with a bit of a bit of a spin, and as soon as I was you know, hunting through looking for just that, that perfect match, I found I found Longshot Forester's Animal Races, the first thing there, Penguin Folk, and I just, I was all over it. For the Seeker, um, I will be focusing mostly on the, uh, the Bloodhound Seeker's Pursuit. Seekers are a, uh, Halfcaster based on intelligence, but also very, very martial. And the Bloodhound takes full advantage of that martial aspect in gaining bonuses to grappling and shoving and investigation. So, you know, your classic hard-boiled 40s detective just, just kind of had to run with it. So I'm going to be looking to be kind of up there in the middle of things, kind of helping to control the uh, the flow of battle all the while, figuring out who done it, if you will. Uh, so very much looking forward to this. 
opting for the Metabots Magical Maneuver spells, there's a lot of really, really, really good options for melee casters in it, from, you know, mobility options to damage buffs that just you don't kind of even really get from any of the other official sources. So definitely looking forward to uh, pounding the pavement and uh, getting down and dirty in the slums. I just want to say, when Mike was creating this and coming up with the concept, he sent me a poster of the Dick Tracy movie and say it's coming and I had no idea what it meant and then the voice came <laughs> foreshadowing at it's best alright where will we where we will be starting off is you all have come to the city uh, for whatever reason or were born here whatnot. Uh, regardless of how or when you got here you're currently looking for work and as you would have all seen, there had been a rash of thefts in the area recently. And the... Virgil. <laughs> and the... Blame uh, the rogue. Exactly. Always blame the rogue. It's usually the best bet. It's usually the bard blaming the rogue because he's got the charisma to pull it off. Yeah. Uh, so there have been a, a bunch of thefts in the area recently. And the city guard is mostly just private soldiers that are paid by the various guilds within the city. Uh, in the, my home world of Arcadia, the guilds run everything. You may have monarchs, you may have governments run by the people, by a council, whatever. The real source of power are the guilds. Uh, wherever there's money, there's power. Uh, so they would be hiring out um, private adventurers, uh, people that are just need a few extra gold coins in their pouches to try and figure out what's going on. And through that whole hiring and firing process, they group you guys up in groups and whatnot. You guys would have been selected to join a group together, uh, whichever guilds that would have been. They're a fairly uh, interconnected type thing. So there's a whole lot of rivalry as they're completely, they're, they're all equal in power, power, other than the Tinkerer's Guild that is kind of at odds with the Mages Guild. Uh, but other than that, they all pretty much work together. So you guys would have been put together, assembled as a team, and sent to investigate. Uh, while you're out and about, you've heard that there's been a lot of loud banging and scraping of metal noises coming down one of the alleys um, at night. So you guys would have been wandering around, you would have been told this. Um, you, when you go to investigate, you notice that it's basically a completely empty alleyway, but there does seem to be a large sewer grate that has been opened and closed many times. While you guys go to investigate it, you notice that from the inside it has been barred, so there is no way to open this sewer grate up. You would be uh, kind of in this district, you are kind of squished between the wealthier homes and the temple district, is kind of where you're between. Um, right now. So what would you guys like to do? So you said it's pretty obvious that this grate has been used. Yeah. Um, if it's been barred, odds are there's still a way of opening from the outside. So I want to look and see if there's like a lever or a switch or something that, that I can press to try to trigger some sort of unlocking mechanism. Okay. Go ahead and give me a perception or an investigation check, depending on how big or small scale you do it. Um... That is an 18 perception. 18 for perception. You do not see anything around you outside the alleyway, but from the looks of the bar on the inside, it it looks like uh, 
where one of the, the bars of the uh, sewer grate has been bent down, a pole has been run through to keep, to you know, the pole is larger than the opening of the hole, and that's how they barred it. So you think that either from somebody on the inside or through some very careful maneuvering and strength checks and whatnot, you might be able to get that bar out of the way. Uh, I'll make an attempt to try to get my wiggle my little half arms in. And, uh, okay. It would be a strength check as this is a very heavy iron bar. Athletics? Yeah, go ahead. Shoot. It's a seven. Your very strong little halfling arms are shaking it with effort. Better. I'll take a go with this. Uh, that's a wow. two. Your, the, the muscles on your flippers just bulge as you are able to slowly slide that bar out of place and it clangs to the ground with a loud ringing noise. Well, boys, now that seems we've cracked this joint, let's I'd say we uh, go see what we can find down at this dump. I'm sorry. I know. I'm going to love this episode. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys lift the grate out, and as you peer down into the sewer, it is obviously as wonderful smelling as the descriptor. It is a sewer. Um, however, there only seems to be a small stream running down, as if this line isn't terribly used. Um being kind of near the temple district, you're pretty sure, you know, since this isn't a day of worship, typically, it doesn't get a ton of usage except for a couple days a week, but there do appear to be uh, almost raft-like constructions um, up against the sides of these large sewer tunnels. And when I say sewer tunnels, I'm talking, you know, at least a good 10 feet wide, uh, probably 8, 9 feet high, so plenty of head clearance and whatnot. Um while you're down there. Do you guys kind of climb in or are you going to investigate it first or what are you guys going to do? Well, that, pulling that bar off probably made quite a bit of noise. I feel like we should probably kind of loom around the entrance, give it a minute, see if anybody comes to investigate the noise. Um, here's what we're doing that. I'll uh, poke around and see if I can't find anything else of note that might help us because as I always say, you need half the if you have two halves of the story, then you only got to figure out the rest of the three quarters. Okay. So many bad things. <laughs> I'm an innocent soul. You know, three pack of A shot in the Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy about these and stuff. I was going to say the smoke sardines. It's only a nine investigation. Yeah, you don't really get a whole lot else. Uh, out of any of this. It's, like I said, it's it's just, this is an alleyway, a dark alleyway, you know, between the poor district, or between the wealthy district and the temple, so there's the usual detritus of beggars and whatnot, you know, around the area, but it doesn't seem to be anything in particular as far as specific people, persons, what's been taken, when, how often, that kind of a thing. So you guys wait around for an hour or so, just kind of watching to see what comes up. And you don't really see anything, but you did think you heard a couple of times uh, almost a splashing noise of feet walking through whatever goop happens to be down there. But it just barely came into your hearing before it started to fade again. So either there's some sort of intersection down there that, you know, they were passing by or they stopped and turned around or something, but they didn't come to your field of vision. I'm going to hop down 
Alright. Uh, before I jump down, I'll cast light on my back weapon. Oh, which, by the way, I'm going to start with the greatsword. I just feel like it's the way to go. Ah, that is awesome. We will go with the greatsword. For sword. some who may know League of Legends, if you've ever seen Rivet, this is kind of how I nice. imagine this character. Kind of a, like, not an overly muscular, just a very fit, uh, short blonde girl with a giant sword. Awesome. We will go with that. So, all of you drop, I'm assuming, hope you abandon the party to their fate? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay yeah, no. You guys, uh, no, I let them go down first. Wait a second to make sure that you know they're not being ambushed, and then I follow them. Okay. After using them for bait, um, which they are not attacked, uh, you jump in after them. Now that all four of you are down there, you can see that this is a very long passageway. What goes up into the richer district doesn't appear to be, you know, very well used. There does appear to be, you know, some sort of skid. Skid marks in this word. Um, there does appear to be some footprints and drag marks and whatnot um, uh, on the ground, but most of the traffic seems to have either come from this manhole going down or further on down the tunnel. Uh, you guys, here, uh, for meta knowledge, uh, you guys came in through this little exit here. This tunnel would continue up this way, but you guys are kind of right here at the top. So after about 20, 25 feet, uh, you see the sewer kind of widens out a little bit, and now there isn't really a walkway, but the water does appear to be very shallow um, as it hits this kind of junction point and goes uh, left and right. Very gross because I wear sandals. I don't wear shoes. You can't yeah, say this is a horse place I've ever been. You do eat sardines. I oh, sure. I not. <clears throat> Alright, so you guys kind of get to that intersection there, and is anybody going to peek their head around before they just go walking through, or are you guys going to... Oh, yeah, you would notice that there is a little bit of a glow coming from that intersection. Not like a bright light, but as if there is some sort of light source down there. Go ahead and drop a Oh, All right, you look, you look left and right, and uh, the trainer with the clicker tosses you the fish and clicks a couple more times. Um, you look to your left and you look to the right, and you see down the right side, um, it just kind of continues on into whatever. You see the occasional uh, sewer grate up above where the little tunnel, a little downpour of light. But off to the other direction, you see not only. Uh, several branching off paths, but also there's a lot more light coming from that area than there normally would be. Uh, probably down each of those passages there's a light sconce or a torch or something down there to help light the way because it is much brighter off to the left side than it would be to the right. My adventure, I guess, we'll find the meat down this way. Well, alright. You guys, do you stealth this or are you going to just walk through there or how you going to as per usual, I have used the team stealth option because I have no stealth. If you guys would like to try group stealth, go ahead and roll. I need two passes before two failures. Yeah. Twenty-two. Uh, Eighteen. Oh, that one. Sixteen. Okay. Well, the three um, passes offset that one nat fail. So anyone ever accused penguins of being sneaky? Yeah, you, you hear him start doing that, that 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 almost quacking noise every time he makes the every time he walks and he starts to slip in a pile of muck 
and swinging his fins out before he falls, and you guys are able to really quickly grab him and, and give him another fish, and then he's good to go. Um, you march up a little ways. <laughs> march in the pink. Sorry. I said <laughs> earlier we needed Morgan Freeman to narrate this action. I know, right? Uh, you march forward a little bit, and uh, down the right side, uh, you see a fairly well-lit passage. Um, there seems to be some noise coming down that direction, um, but you're not quite sure uh, without getting a closer look. But you also see that further on, it's not as well-lit, and at one point the water does appear to get very deep. Um, there does appear to be some sort of boat or raft or whatnot uh, that you could use. But further on up ahead, you see that it is also still very well lit. Um, and this continues to be shallower. There is quite a bit of foot traffic coming up this direction as well. Uh, straight ahead as opposed to down that other canal. It is, of course, all very foul smelling. Um, as this is much more used as you're kind of working your way underneath the wealthier district. Uh, kind of away from the temples and whatnot. I guess I'm always just going to be, you know, doing my thing and keeping an eye out for anything that seems out of place. You would notice, um, just what's your passive perception? 16. 16. You would notice that there are plenty of drag marks across the ground uh, going both directions, but um, the one, all of them seem to universally be going down that one tunnel um, until they hit where those where that raft type thing is, but they all do seem to be coming off of those multiple splits coming the other direction. So it, it does appear like they're coming from that way and all going down towards the bottom area. Yeah, God, folks, this is the kind of place we can easily walk into some real hairy situations. As he said that, I'll put me on the wrong Okay. Should have done before we came out. So, what kind of people are we seeing? Like, are they like the rich people down here, or are they like all like thieves that are? Down here? Oh no, there's you haven't seen anybody down here yet. You're underneath. You're in the sewers underneath the rich district. So, underneath the very wealthy part of town and the homes, that is where you are under. Um, uh, going the other way was kind of where the temple was. They're kind of sandwiched together. Which in my pockets with a lot of knuckle dusters. Point to be made, he doesn't have knuckles. <laughs> this has been a point of tension with the party. Some real <laughs> inner party conflict going on over using brass knuckles without knuckles. <laughs> and no opposable thumbs. Mind blow. Alright. Slapper, slapper. Slapper, slapper, Do you have words though? Just like, otherwise, are you just like, are. You, you have like, like mittens, thick mittens without the okay, thumbs. So he does have like a kind of like a Yeah, the yeah. picture actually shows he's grasping Super. the sword by just folding the flipper around. Okay, okay. The picture is so like, adorable. It is adorable. Yeah. I didn't, that's the one thing I didn't okay. actually put I've, I've, I've got, I've got it. I've got the picture. It's it's super adorable. For those the little cartoon like animals. Yes. For those for those that need smiles, uh, when when we post it up on the website, if you're having a bad day, look at the picture of the penguin book because the adorableness is it's actually more adorable than the fake corgi. It, I was it just is. gonna bring up the corgi is really good. Oh, the corgi has some fun things. Although I do want to yeah. say that that I want to know that this character somewhere out there in his world there is a mob boss who is anthropomorphic corgi. Did you ever watch Street Sharks? Oh my god, it's adorable. I want to see it. <laughs> Told you. I can't see it. Oh, that is pretty cute. Exactly. I think the Knight's Helm really does it. It does. It does. 
I just that, 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 that flipper around the sword. That's just I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, brain hurts. So, where would you guys like to go? Down that one tunnel, the darker tunnel, where all the stuff seems to be coming from, or the more well-lit tunnels um, up ahead? I figure I'd rather know where they're going to than where they come from. Okay, so you guys start heading down the darker tunnel? I'll defer to the expertise of the investigator. I bought a short boat and just kind of follow along. Okay. You continue down that hallway, or down that, that sewer tunnel a little ways, and you hit another corking branch. You see that the tracks seem to kind of split here. Um, one goes off to the um, left as you guys are walking down, and uh, there seems to be another T-junction up ahead where you hear noise. And then further on um, south is where it gets really deep, and there appears to be some sort of like uh, almost a homemade skid kind of a thing, uh, raft kind of a, a contraption to ferry further down into the sewers. Uh, can I make an investigation check for, like, if there's any markings on the walls as, like, direction, or thinking, like, Thieves Camp, or anything like that? There are. You don't even need to make a check. You read Thieves Camp. I forgot we have a rope. Um, you read Thieves Camp on the walls, and you see going down the one, um, going down the one side tunnel, the one that forks off of this, um, you read Horde Storage. And then, and then uh, all hail Sylvanas um, right under it. And then, sorry, terrible World of Warcraft reference. So anyway, uh, port storage is written on the one uh, tunnel going down, and the other one says, uh, oh no, port storage goes down towards um, the other way where the raft is uh, going across. And the other, there isn't anything written on the other direction. My map is. But that's not the direction you heard the noises from. The directions you heard the noises from were from that side tunnel. Um, that splits off into another T about 50, 60 feet down. Probably a little further than that. But then going down the other way is where you see the little rat. I'm going to go, uh, wanting to delete as much information as possible on the see those noises. Okay, as you guys start going down that tunnel, um, you speak Thieves Camp. Yes. Obviously. It's not a whole lot of speaking, there's more sign language into, uh, to it than that, but you're able to glean kind of from listening. What is your passive perception, by the way? 15. Yeah, that's not. Uh, you're able to glean that they're about ready to take a large shipment back towards storage, but the dumbasses left it in the other half of the tunnels. So they got caught the attention of the guards, and so they just dropped their packs so that they could climb out another grate and get around, but they never recovered what they dropped back in the other well-lit section of the sewers is kind of what you glean. So they're going to be hopefully getting some reinforcements in here soon so they can go drag that over. Um, some muscle is what you hear. And you know muscle's kind of usually a code word for dumb, big brutes that carry crap that don't mind walking through crap. Okay. Uh, sounds like they've got a... They dropped their last load of treasure and uh, they're getting ready to grab some, some thugs to go get it. I say we can go get it first. Or we can take these guys out and take the whole lot. Say, You'll take the lot. Or take the lot. You hear um, three distinct voices, but you notice one is much more cultured than the others. Like, they're using thieves speak, but they're using, like, British thieves speak. Oh, God. Like, like it sounds more yeah. intelligent, even though it, it, more intelligent, even though it's not. I mean, he's calling the light spell a torch spell instead of, like, a light. I mean... <laughs> Oh, we're going yeah. to go back to what they dropped, and we're on a temp watch for that, so we gotta get there first. We can always come back and take care of those guys later. 
are these the guys that we're going to go... Were, they're waiting on reinforcements. Yeah, yeah they're waiting were, on were muscle. Were they waiting, or were they going to go get them? They're waiting on muscle to get here first. Oh, they're going to go get them. And you're guessing muscle probably is going to be coming from the horde storage area, because it's wherever they've got all their crap piled, waiting for it to go, like, on a large ship out somewhere, or actually into the markets. So we join the market. We take out these guys before the other books get here, then it'll be a whole lot easier to deal with them. Let's do it. He has a good point. All right. You guys prepped and ready for battle before you jump out, or what do you guys want to do? Because of the echoes, you're not sure how far down that tunnel the voices are coming from, but you heard at least three distinct voices there. (laughs) I'm going to take this time to spend a death point to draw a card and put it in my hand. Okay. Any other preps you guys want to do? Grasp of the Spectre. Okay. It's a spell from Metabot's Magical Maneuvers. Uh, Concentration up to a minute, so... As we're getting into into battle, um, the weapons in your hands glow with an ethereal light, which persists briefly even when they leave your hands. At the end of your turn, you can choose for any of the weapons you have thrown in your last turn, teleport to your hands, or back into your person. If you hit with a weapon instead, it stays transfixed in the target until the end of your next turn. You can use your action to wrench all such weapons back, dealing 2d8 force damage for each weapon. All right. Let me real quick write these stats down, um, and then we will roll initiative right before you guys jump out. Shit. Shit. Well, for Lumea. Alright. Eight for Clyde. Okay. Fifteen. And Tracy. Seventeen. By the way, since we haven't, no one's said anything about my name, Arla Nothing. All or nothing. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, folks, for another episode of the Homebrew Review. Oh, goodness Just for the gambler, that is. I, I, I like that nuance. I, I thought there was, because the last name, I'm like, nothing. There's got to be something with that. I thought yeah. she said nothing, like N-U-F-F-I-N. Yeah, that's yes. spelled nothing. Uh, nothing? Yeah, gotcha. that's the shout-out to Katie Gerard, because she helped me with that. Oh, my God, that is terrible, but... Oh, God, that's a grown-worthy hunt. Thank you for that. Just do some hunt solo stuff for me. No, just never tell me the odds. Exactly. I have a really good feeling about this. That's the worst possible thing you can say coming into this. All right, so you come around the corner of that little um, hallway there, and you see 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, about 25 feet in front of you. This isn't nasty sewer water like it looks like on the map. This is actually all stone. So, um, about 25 feet ahead of you, there are four individuals. Uh, one wielding a crossbow, just kind of slacking up in major. One is a better equipped looking bandit type figure. Two scimitars, hide armor, you know, um, buff looking dude. The more cultured one uh, appears to have some sort of holy symbol around his neck. Uh, he looks very sleazy. Um, very thin, very gaunt, very sleazy, but in priest robes with a holy symbol. And the one guy who you didn't hear the voice of is kind of, his mouth is moving almost as if he's talking to himself, and he looks pretty crazy. Um, hair kind of all over which direction. Uh, has a book that, that he's like just kind of peeking in and closing and peeking in and closing. It's like <laughs> very... Can you make a religion check to see that holy symbol? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, that's only going to be a seven. 
Okay, uh, you would know just enough from kind of his demeanor. He looks like somebody that is training to be a priest. He doesn't look like a full-blown priest yet. He doesn't have any of the livery. He just got white robes and some sort of holy symbol. Then we'll go ahead and start with Tracy. You run around the corner and you see those four cultists uh, sitting there, kind of in that little circle there. What do you do? Well, I've been in enough dust ups to know that the crazy ones you gotta watch out for. Well, charge in and attack the muttering bookworm. And uh, that is an, an 18 to hit for six points of damage. All and right. I'll slide, and as I'm sliding my flipper out of that set of brass knuckles that's just embedded in his jaw, <laughs> I'll look over at Mike's character, so I forget your name. Lumea. Lumea. I'll look over. Lumea, you take out the Bruno. <laughs> I'm gonna make a questioning look to the rogue. It's a Bruno. The big guy. The Honest. big guy. Be <laughs> honest. Okay. All right. Now we then move on to Arla. All right. Oh, I was. <clears throat> I'm gonna make an attack with my dart. That's thirteen. Okay. Did you get metal dice? Oh, they're no, just metallic. Just uh, 13 on which guy? Uh, We've got... Uh, I'll do the big guy. Okay, 13 does not quite hit. You, you okay. landed into his hide armor, but it doesn't seem to actually pierce into his skin. Bonus action, I am going to spend another deck point to draw another card into my hand, and now I have two, so I would have to use one before I draw another one. Okay. It's an uh, interesting mechanic. Yeah, it is. I like that. Awesome, good. It didn't increase it at all. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, Luminea, we move on to you. Um, well... Luminea, not Luminea. Luminea. I, actually, Luminea. Luminea sounds pretty solid. We may have to rep on that. Okay, Luminea, I will change she'll, my She'll Luminea. have a variant of names. Yes. Majestic monikers. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be, like I said in the uh, the prelim, I'm not going to be fantastic, because right now, I start with a strength of 10. Uh, eventually, when we take that invocation that you and I created, I'll have a lot more martial prowess. So I will perform a charge towards the Bruno. And I'll as as I as I raise the sword and, and lunge in, I will mutter a, a, a quick uh, chance to torm. Grant oh, me courage, grant me strength. Nah, that's gonna miss. That's only gonna be a two. Okay. Um, oh, I should explain in case anyone was wondering, uh, the reason I was able to do six points of damage with a quote-unquote unarmed strike is I took the type of brawler feat to give me the one the, the d4 instead of straight one base point and then the weapon I'm using is the brass knuckles that came from the D&D Beyond homebrew that adds a d4 to your unarmed strike for the damage. That is awesome. Uh, and just so everybody knows in case you hear a little bit of background noise it's kind of funky they're doing some tree work right outside where we're recording. So you may hear the wood chipper and the chainsaws and whatnot occasionally, but we're trying to edit as much of that out as possible. So uh, ambient battle damage. Yes, yes, uh, battling trees. Tree damage. Yeah, I'm actually hoping with the music it won't it won't show up nearly that bad. Uh, okay, uh, we then move on to the enemies. So the weird muttering cultist individual um, is going to go ahead and point at uh, you, uh, Tracy. And I need from you a constitution save, I believe. I failed. Okay. Let me look it up just to be sure, but I'm pretty sure this one is constitution. I saw it. I'm pretty sure he failed. Yeah. Uh, 
PC is 11 on this one. Oh, no, it's a melee spell attack. I apologize. Oh. He casts Inflict Wounds upon your person. Uh, that does not hit, though, uh, with a uh, 8. So he shoots a bolt of necrotic energy at you, but you are able to very easily get out of the way of that um, since you just lodged your knuckles into his base area. Um, the very cultured-looking individual steps back and uh, chants while holding his holy symbol, and while he clearly doesn't have a, a grip on his powers entirely, he is able to kind of create a small glow around all of his allies, and uh, it seems to bolster their weapons and whatnot, so uh, he casts Bless upon them. We then move on to the uh, little guy. Um, the littler of the bandit uh, thieves raises his crossbow and fires one shot at, we're going to go randomly on this one, at four, so shoots it at the gambler. Oh, ooh, that was a crit. Oh, that caught between two of my dice. Let me re-roll that. That was 14, um, plus... Yeah. Pets. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, crossbow is a D8. Uh, that does minimum, plus... Uh, where's where I got here? Uh, plus one, so that is uh, two points of damage there. And then the bandit, the Bruno... Uh, who, he says, my name is Bruce, not Bruno, um, <laughs> swings two scimitars down at... Oh, my. Yes, he's got two of them. Uh, swing... Class 14. Okay, oh, not two scimitars, excuse me, two swipes with his scimitar, uh, and then one with a dagger. And because I charge, do they have advantage? Nope. I believe so. If they what? Uh, because I charged. No. Charge, unless no. it's some sort of class ability, they do not. So the large leader bandit guy uh, is going to swipe at you twice uh, with his scimitars and once with his dagger. Oh my god. That's a 20, a 19. Oh my god, and another 20. You need to get rid of those dice. Yes, I do. Mike, I am so sorry, man. <laughs> there goes the other. That's gonna leave a block. Uh, that's nine points of damage from the first attack. Oh my god. That, that is 12 points of damage from the second... Uh, uh, 15 points of damage from the second attack. There's two crits. Oh. And so then how much was that? Nine and 15? Nine and 15 plus his dagger, which is a one. Uh, plus three, so four. So nine, 15, four. and four. So it's going to be 19. That's 28 damage. I will go down to seven. I'm liking this game already, guys. Uh, we then move on to Clyde. It is your turn. Okay, I'm just gonna drop my bow and grab my rapier and dagger and uh, charge the dude that attacked uh, Luminea. Luminea? Luminea. I like that. Uh, and I'm just gonna go in uh, with the rapier and uh, go around so I have advantage. Yes. Uh, no, we're not going to use... Oh, I'm five feet. I'm five feet anyway. Oh, so okay, yeah. It doesn't right. matter. Uh, son of a biscuit. That's a nine? No, that does not hit. Bonus action attack. What the crap? You know what? Actually, wait. I'm going to take that back. We are going to use flanking rules in this game because I'm not giving out magic items as much. 
So we'll go ahead and add variant flanking into this game. Uh, I've been taking it out because you guys have had magic items to compensate for it. So we will go ahead and go with um, flanking rules in this game. Okay, so I'll, those two rolls then would be my first attack then? Yep. Okay, so I missed it, so I'll do that the dagger. And a 15, so 23? Yes. Alright, that is 7 points of piercing. Okay. And I'm going to uh, break out, so I'm not going to use the sneak attack until it's next uh, instance of damage. Okay. We then start round two with Tracy. Alright, so I'm going to disengage from the spellcaster and get get a get a bit of distance from everybody, not a whole lot. Uh, just, just look about about ten feet from uh, from the big guy. Okay. And uh, use my my grasp of the specter action ability. So I'm just gonna kind of call that set of that, that brass knuckle back in between my hand from his face, and it's going to deal dude, six more points of damage as it just kind of tears out a chunk of his skin. Nice. Back to my flipper. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking Infinity Gauntlet right now, but but flipper knuckle. Anyway. <laughs> okay. And that was your action to call it back? Yep. Okay. Uh, then Arla. Alright, I am going to play the Five of Diamonds, which is a gambler's best friend. I create a duplicate of myself within 30 feet for one minute or until it drops to zero HP. If they want to, if anyone wants to attack me, they have to make a wisdom saving throw or they have the illusion instead. Okay, awesome. We then move on to Luminea. Oh, well, I took some damage, so I think I'm going to use disengage action to back up and get around and I know I'm kind of like removing the flanking bonus from you this time, but I want to be able to get a heal. So I will disengage, move probably about 15 feet away. Um, that way, if they try, Bruno tries coming at me, sorry, Bruce, if he tries coming at me, then he will at least take an opportunity attack from Virgil. Uh, so disengage, back up, and then as a bonus action, I will use my Celestial Pack Healing Light last option. Awesome. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and spend three of those D6s. Okay. Um, yep, it's the D6s cannot exceed my charisma modifier, so we're good to go. So I will heal 13 back. Nice. I got rid of one of those crits. I feel a lot better now. And that will be my turn. Alright, so we will go ahead then uh, and start with the Fanatic again. The Fanatic once again points his finger at Tracy, who just dislodged that from his face. And fires off that ray. That's another eight. Uh, so that will not hit you as it goes wide and slams into the wall uh, to zero effect. The Alkalite is going to... Uh, nah, he's not going to heal anybody yet. Uh, he's going to go ahead and I need a DC save from... Uh, deck save of 13 from you, Mike. That's natural 20. All right. You feel uh, kind of a radiant glow start to come upon you, but, you know, you're like one. No big deal. You just kind of shrug it off as that sacred flame uh, doesn't affect you. The shorter of the two bandits, uh, the smaller of the two bandits, raises his crossbow and fires once again at you, Hope. Uh, that does not I hit... I need a... Uh, 
Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll call a wisdom save of 12. Nope, so he hits the illusion. Okay, uh, but I don't think a 4 would hit regardless, no. so. Yep. But the, sorry, totally I thought missed. you said 14. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. Yeah. Yep, goes wide. Uh, doesn't hit you. The bandit captain is going to look at Tracy, who you kind of square... Or, no, wait, he would be right next to the rope. So he's going to swing at the rope three times, twice with a scimitar and once with a dagger. So the two metal ones were the scimitars. Um, that is a 16, a 21. The dagger will not hit okay. with a 5. Yep. Okay. Uh, so you will take uh, nine points of damage from the first instance and four from the second. So 13 total points of damage. Uh, I guess I'm just going to cunning action. I'm going to disengage and swivel over to the Acolyte. Okay. And I'm going to shank him (laughs) with my rape. That's a 23 to hit? Nope. (laughs) Uh, Is there any... Super uh, Is there anybody next to the Acolyte? No, there's not. Okay. So that is... Six points of piercy damage. Alright. That is almost enough to take him down. And that is... Uh, so I'm gonna try and swim around so that uh, I'm behind the guy. So I'm behind the acolyte. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's not a problem. And then okay. sneak attack damage on that, or is it still stuck to the cap? Well, I didn't have to No one was around. I didn't oh, have advantage. So that's I right, that's right. Down. Okay. Uh, but is the instance of sneak attack still waiting on the captain until it's used, or does it disappear after one turn? I think it says until it's... Until so. after my turn ends. Instead of them taking the sneak attack on your turn, they suffer the sneak attack damage the next instance of damage they take after your turn ends. Okay, so... so it's technically still, still there. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Um, we then move on to... Why am I looking at the board? I've got it here. Round three and Tracy. I think I'm gonna have to go uh, and uh, this acolyte's causing a lot, or not the acolyte, the, uh, the big guy's causing a lot of problems for, for my crew. So, as much as I don't want to use all of these at once, we're gonna go with the Dark Pounce. Okay. This is gonna be amazing. Um, so, casting Dark Pounce, the first time I end, or the first time before I end my next turn, I make a running jump. Oh my god. But instead, I teleport to my landing location. Uh, I'm just going to teleport right in front of this, this this big hulking brute, and he has to make a strength save. Okay. Club Penguin has never been so savage. <laughs> just a waddle hop. A waddle hop. That's a 10 plus... We don't talk. The first two. rule of ping- uh, Penguin. So, he will not succeed. Uh, so... Uh, da, 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 da. He falls prone, and because I have free hands, I have him. I now have him grappled. Oh Jesus Christ! Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> WWE. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, guys, I got him. Give him the business. Flippers <laughs> wrapped around his leg. I thought it's the only thing I could think of. The ankle oh, over the beak. Oh my God. Okay, uh, Arla, it is your turn. So he stays up, and I'm going to attack with my dart again at. Instead of the Bruno, I'm going to 
switch my aim to the guy who's shooting at me, so I don't okay. appreciate that. That's common. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to free roll. That is a seven. Well, not quite you enough. You need to retire with it. Uh, no, you don't. just wasted your crit. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yes, no, a seven does not quite hit him. Uh, there's enough chaos uh, with the penguin just just full Nelsoning the captain that, um... <laughs> uh, bonus action to spend my last deck point to okay. draw a card. Alright. Does the bandit captain take, like, demoted or demoralizing damage? Like, being grappled by, in a full it, Nelson by a penguin? Yeah, it's, it's definitely hurting his pride. His pride is taking a ton of damage right now. Luminea. Who did we say had taken some damage? You said someone showed that they were hurt quite a bit. Yeah, uh, the alkalite. Yes, they, his his white robes are really stained now with blood. As Virgil jabbed the knife in between his ribs. The alkalite, the, the the crazy one of both taking some damage all the alkalites. Um, I think I'm going to yes. go ahead and try also something. I'm going like anti warlock base concept with this. I yes. did not take Eldritch Blast. Nice. I will not be relying on Eldritch Blast. I am. There you go. I know. I know. Somewhere, somewhere in the world, there's a blizzard. Exactly. Finally, someone did it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm focused, but I do have Sacred Flame. It came with uh, the Celestial Pack. Okay. So I'm gonna use that on the this way. This way, I'll at least have an attack bonus. Okay. So, uh, I'll, sacred, so sacred, sacred Flame is a dex. Oh, it's not even attack. No. I don't even have to roll for it. No, well, I do. That's fine, too, I suppose. Okay, oh, uh, that one will pass, so uh, 18 plus whatever his dex is. Of zero. Okay, so, oh, and he gets no damage then. Yep. Yeah. All right. Now, just as he tried to attack you with Holy Light, you tried to attack him, and it just didn't just quite spell him. Spell back Exactly, up. yes. All right. Um, I guess I do still have a move action. Um... <sighs> I don't want to get engaged with Bruno again. <laughs> that would hurt too much. I've got him grappled, so he's going to be struggling. To um, and he's prone right now. If he's got him grappled, then I suppose, yeah, yeah I'll, go ahead, I'll go ahead and move up. All right. And you get move back up in. To him. He's grappled from front, so he's, he's going to struggle to do much. Yes, he will. Which it's, it's his turn, so he will use his action to try and break free of that grapple. That's good, because I get advantage on grapple checks from my uh, okay. Bloodhound Sleuth ability. He rolled an 18. Oh, actually, Jesus Christ! Yeah, no, he does not break free, and that takes up his action. So that's it. Um, oh wait, I told no, you I, told Bless, you I got him. Blast doesn't add to breaking out of grapples, does it? Uh, Is it a save? Nope, just a, yeah, attack roll or saving throws. But no, that was a contest, isn't it? A it's a it's, contest to break free. I think it's. A, I don't remember. It wouldn't have mattered because a twenty-three is more than eighteen, uh, even if I roll the full four on the D four. So, uh, okay, we then move on to the little bandit who's going to shoot once again at the gambler. The 15 plus 3, so that will hit. Dealing. Need to change that modifier back to a 1. So that is 5 total points of damage to you, uh, Arla. The cult fanatic is going to spend one of his last remaining spell slots to try once again and hit Tracy with his damn inflict wound spell. hold on, I have my illusion. You have your thing. Thank you. Dex, uh, wisdom save, correct? Yes. Uh, that's a 17. Yeah. My little thing pops out of existence. Okay. Uh, we then move on to uh, the inflict wound spell on you, Tracy. That's an 18, so that will hit. You will take... 
7 plus 7, 14 points of necrotic damage from that inflicting spell. 14? 14, correct. And then... And then the Alkalite, uh, gonna cast uh, Cure Wounds on himself. And regains some health points from that. Alright, we then move on to Clyde. Uh, no one's within 5 feet of the, uh, Alkalite? No, uh, the Alkalite is still, you're the only person within 5 feet of him. Uh, two people are on the captain, and then, uh, Hope is in the back. I'll, I'll attack the Alkalite. Okay. Uh, 22 to hit. Yeah. Much higher than his walking pad. That's five points of piercing damage. He is right back to where he was before you shanked him. And that's all I can do. Okay. Uh, we then move on to Tracy in round four. So I just want to double check. I can use Tavern Brawler to ma- to use my bonus action to maintain the grapple after I make the tavern. I believe so, yes. Okay. Good. Then we are going to attack. We're just going to sit there and, you know, Rabbit punch him in the head, if you will. <laughs> like oh, a tough guy, eh? Uh, that is a seventeen uh, to hit. I take that back. When you oh. hit a creature with an unarmed strike or an improvised weapon on your turn, you can use your bonus action to, to attempt to grapple. So Not I had to take. release the grapple, and then I'll have to attempt to re-grapple him. Yep, yep. Right. So then, so I need to re-roll then, so I won't have. It. But he's still prone. Yeah, he's still probably. Yeah, so that was an 18, or, yeah, an 18 to hit. Yes, that will hit. Can you hit the big guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go with that. He hits the sneak attack from the breakout. Okay. I, and that's good because uh, I rolled minimum damage. So that's five points of damage to him plus... 11. Plus 11. <laughs> Tiny little penguin flipper flappers. Of and the then bonus action to grapple with advantage from my Bloodhound class feature. Um... 16, 17, 19 to grapple. Yes, uh, that I'm pretty sure is going to. Yep, do it. He is grappled. <laughs> Got him again, boys! <laughs> <laughs> Give him the broad right here! Exactly. <laughs> Alright. We <laughs> move on to Arla. Oh, yeah, Arla. Yeah, I'm just gonna attack with my dart again. That's a 9. Okay, the same guy that was shooting you? Yeah. Yeah, that does not hit. You still, there's enough chaos going on that you just can't get a, a good shot at him. He's too feisty moving around, too quick. Uh, Luminea. Um, let's see here, you had taken 14. How much damage have you taken? Oh, just two. Just two? Um, so I'm going to use as a bonus action. Since he, since Bruce is on the ground, I don't have to worry about any interruptions or casting and whatnot. Uh, as a bonus action, I'll use one more die of my healing lights. I'll just throw that It's a new for six damage, so she'll go back to full. Okay. And then I will cast one of my two spell slots, Cure Wounds, which I need to... You used Healing Word as a bonus action? Uh, it's called Healing Light. Oh, okay, gotcha. It's a, it's a bonus action to expend one of my dice from the Celestial Pack. Gotcha. As soon as I learn how to alphabetize. Because I don't play healers very much. Yeah. Especially not Warlocks. Alright, so range touching since I assume I'm there because I'm adjacent to Bruce and he's on top of Bruce. Yep. So that is a D8 plus spellcasting modifier. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and cast it as my second level spell. So I'll get 2D8 plus casting. 
So, oh wow, uh, 14 plus 4, so 18. That should top you back off. That puts me back to full. Okay. All right. That's, that's my turn. Very productive round. Well done. Well done. All right. Uh, it is now back onto the enemies. The captain is once again going to just try and break out of that grapple. That's an 8. He actually breaks out. He breaks out, all right. With advantage, I rolled two fours. All right, he is able to break out, but that did take his action to do so. Um, uh, he still has a bonus action, so he will still attack you with his dagger, though. So, that is 16 plus 5 to hit. That will hit. And you take six points of damage from that dagger strike. Uh, the fanatic... Uh, why fix ain't what, what ain't broken. He is going to shoot you again with Inflict Wounds. Oh, actually, how much does he have? Four. He has four okay. first level. Um, I believe. Cult Fanatic. Um, so he's used three. Yep, so four four slots at first level. Three at second. Um, he's actually going to shoot it at the healer, because you heal. How dare I? Cool, that was a crit. What is with me today? I'm the prime crit target. Oh, man, I am so sorry. Because you're crazy. Thank you. <laughs> 16 plus 8 plus 5 plus 6, so that's 29 points of damage. Okay, so 29, I had 20, that means that I go to 0, there's 9 remaining damage, I do not die outright, because it does not beat my 35. Yeah, and 5 yep. just drops to 0 unless you do more than... Yeah, yeah, I was I was making sure that was the case. So they would they would have had to have done fifty five damage for for that to kill me outright. Um, so um, we're gonna get to experience in the first encounter. I did not see this coming. Uh, hope never dies. When reduced to zero HP but not killed outright, instead reduce yourself to one HP. Uh, you may use a reaction to cast heroism at range thirty instead of touch. When this ability is used, the light warrants hair and skin glow, casting bright light up to a 10-foot radius. This ability may be used once per long rest. So I will go down to 1 HP. Okay. And as a reaction, I will cast Heroism. It will take up my my last of my two spell slots. Um, yep. And so that'll get me, at the start of my turn, I will gain 4 health for the next, I think it's yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, then the Alkalite is going to... I want to interrupt. On that oh, narrative, he just... He... <laughs> and I was like, I just take it. Okay. And I was like, Torm judges you. <laughs> and then the Alkalite's going to kick Boyd out. No. Uh, <laughs> um, the Alkalite is going to... Oh, I used that Cure Wounds already. Uh, bless the cantrip. Uh, or no, Bless I used already, too. Um, so... He is going to go ahead and use his last Cure Wounds spell on himself again. And then the bandit is going to shoot once again at Hope, uh, at Arla. And your little buddy is gone, right? So no wisdom save? Correct. Yep. Okay. Uh, 13 to hit? Yeah. Okay. You take... Oh, not bad. Uh, only five points... Uh, uh, no, excuse me. Only three points of piercing damage from that bolt. And then uh, that is everybody. So we will then move on to Clyde. I'm going to disengage with cunning action. Okay. And I'm going to get up behind the uh, the big guy. Okay. And I'm going to attack. Okay. There are obviously people within five feet of him. Uh, that's going to hit. Okay. 
can do. Jesus. Five points of piercing. Alright. And then I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to break out. So. Uh, sneak attack on the next. Yeah, sneak attack on the next distance of damage. Okay. Yes, you uh, slide the knife into his ribs, and you can tell that that you've hit something vital, but it'll probably take some sort of jar or some sort another stress, uh, another stressor on him before it really takes effect. Um, we then move on to Tracy. So he's behind him. We're gonna we're gonna take that uh, fancy punch again. That is a nineteen to hit. Yes. For. Eight points of damage. Okay. I'm gonna use my reaction to uh, re-roll my sneak back. That's even worse. Okay, two points. Okay, so and then as a bonus action, we are going to attempt to grapple him again. All right. Fourteen. Wow, Micah. I wanted to. That's awesome. Win advantage. Yeah. It's not not as bad as Virgil's two down ones on death saving throw with advantage. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that happened last sucked. time. That was <laughs> bad. so bad. I about to hit it. Nearly did. Wise guy, eh? <laughs> it's gonna take more than that to beat me. All right, Arla. All right, we're gonna try something. I'm gonna play the Nine of Spades, which is spread the wealth. I roll three deck die for healing, and have to spread it evenly between all of us. Oh. So that is not bad. Well, 17 divided by 4. So that'd be 4 with 4 here. Yeah. I'm reversing it's one, 1 extra. Does that extra go to like one party member or does it I think it's like a pool of health yeah. points. It does not say it also. This one was not very descriptive in what it actually does or how it splits up. So I would say, yeah, to be fair, it would be everybody gets four and then one extra point gets divided out to whoever. I'll take it. Thank you. Alright. Luminea, uh, anything as a bonus action? Yeah, I'm gonna go for it. Since I just gave myself healing, I'm going to use my, uh, it's an archetype, archetype ability. I regain death points by taking a deck dive damage. So I'm gonna get another point back and take four points of damage. Okay, so basically a free free deck point with that deal. Yep. Okay. And that's my turn. Are any of them down? Uh, no, not yet. There's a bunch of them are bloody. No, actually, only uh, uh, the captain is, um, but the alkalite kept healing himself, so only the captain is bloody. With the captain being down, what combat moves? He's not down anymore. Oh, he's not down? Can you stand up? Yeah, he... He broke out of the grapple, but he never actually stood up. He broke the grapple and he attacked. Oh, yeah, he would have stand up, stood up. He didn't move, but he is standing. That being said, we do have... We are fighting. Yeah, so you would have advantage. You know, I'll just go ahead and make the swing. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. At the beginning of my turn, based on heroism, I I gain four points. I go back up to ten. Is that um, temporary hit points? No, it's uh, I can. Heroism. So I think you use your temporary hit points and advantage against fear uh, or fear. Uh, when the creature you touch is imbued with bravery, it's like spell ends. The creature is immune to being frightened and gains temporary hit points equal to your spellcasting ability mutter at the start of each of its turns. Yeah, so it's yeah, temporary. It's, temporary hit. Hit. it's not yeah. healing; it's temporary hit points. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a good. Okay, good point then. So instead of adding that to my overall total. I have four, six, and four. 
Yep. Thank you for pointing that out. So he's going to learn some new things. <laughs> so advantage, since he's flanked. Um, a 15 to hit. Uh, the captain? Yeah. Uh, he's actually going to parry that, so he gets uh, plus 2 AC versus 1 melee attack that he can see. So sad. That's okay. Everybody else has been way more than two on when they hit, so I haven't been able oh, to use right. it yet. Uh, as my bonus action, I'm going to spend that last, uh, my last of my healing die. So three, one. Yeah. So, three. Okay, on to the enemies. Uh, the bandit captain, uh, he's not grappled, so he uh, is going to swing twice his scimitars at Tracy, and one his dagger at uh, you, uh... Luminea. So, scimitar number one and scimitar number two. Uh, neither of those will hit. Uh, the highest was a 13. Nope. Okay. And then the dagger. That will hit, Mike. It's not a crit. <laughs> no, but it was a 21. Small after modifier. So, uh, that is seven points of damage to you. Right, so, I lose my temporary hit points. And yes. My base damage. The crossbowman is going to shoot at you, Hope. Uh, that is a 20 to hit, not nat. And you will take 9 points of damage from that. The cult fanatic is out of spell slots, so he is going to... Well, he still has second level, but he's going to sacred flame. So I need a dexterity saving throw from Tracy. Nope. Alright, uh, the DC was 11. That's it. I rolled a nine, so that's oh. eight. <laughs> okay, nice. Uh, you only take four points, though. Uh, and the Alkalite is going to Sacred Flame Virgil. That's a 22. Yeah, that passes. Barely. <laughs> okay, Clyde, it is your turn. Uh, I'm going to attack the big guy. All right, and you do have flanking, obviously. Uh, that's a 17 to hit. Yes. All right. I'm just gonna do. Uh, I'll break out, so uh, it's gonna be six points of piercing. Oh, okay. And then I'm going to. I think you guys got this, so I'm gonna disengage as my bonus action, and I'm gonna get up in the uh, crossbowman's face. Okay. We will then move on to Tracy at the start of round six. Alright, so I will shift around and make sure I'm still getting flanking from. Mike. And, uh... That's a 24 to hit. Yes. Nice. For 7, 8, 9, 10 points of bludgeoning damage. Plus 9. Plus 9. Wow. He is almost down to nothing. And then we're going to try to grapple him. That's a 15. Nope. Okay. My grapple's not going well today. Being this close to death, his his fury is what's giving him the extra bit of strength he needs. Arla. Alright. Gonna try attacking again. Nope. <laughs> Alright. Bonus action to dispense that deck point to get a card. Okay. Uh, Luminea. Uh. I'm not showing my best quality today. <laughs> Should I go ahead and take that advantage attack again? I'm bound to hit him at some point, right? In War Machine, if anybody plays that, we have we have a statement that came from me during a championship match where you roll 2d6s. 
and you add your melee attack to value to try to break against defense. And I remember the quote that I made was, who doesn't roll a four? This <laughs> what has two thumbs in the dead? Um, that is a natural 20. How do you, right. how do you enter the go. captain? Um, so, with some pent-up frustration, but still <laughs> remaining, some, remaining some, 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 uh, some solid faith in, in the guidance of Torm, uh, she readies that two-handed greatsword just straight up and cleave, doing my best to avoid hitting the penguin. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be... And with that, is just straight up two dice, rather double. And as I swing down, vengeance of Torm upon thee, whack. Four, ten, and fifteen. All right. Yes, you cleave him almost completely in twain. And I almost like to think, with since it was a crit, a little bit of flavor, that glow starts to radiate from your sword as well, and just flash of light as he falls to the ground, completely dead. The bandit, the alkalite, and the crazy guy are definitely a bit worried at this point, but you guys stand between them and the exit, so they're going to fight their way through. I did forget to mention, I, yes. I did gain my temporary four points awesome. at the beginning of my turn. And then, so that was my attack, so now that he's down, yes, um, I'll make a move into range of... Should we like the or the acolyte, whatever you think. I'll head towards the acolyte. So I want to. I kind of want to question the acolyte if I can. So don't kill him by the way. Okay. Well, I don't think I'm really. <laughs> I haven't been able to kill much so far. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will then uh, move on to the enemy's turn. The bandit is going to take another shot at our gambler. Disadvantage because I'm at five. There you go. Uh, let's see, and that's one of your class features? No, it's not. Do you have a disadvantage on ranged attack if someone's within 5 feet of you? No, you have disadvantage if you're trying to shoot somebody oh, within okay. 5 feet of you. Um, but regardless, uh, that first roll would not have hit, I don't think, with a 12. That shoot it, Doug! Yeah. Uh, Bye, guys. Moment. No, you're fine. That was only 3 points. So, you're good there. Um, <laughs> Her face just... Oh, holy uh, Alright. Micah, I need a deck save from you. You need to tell us when you're down to two points. Did you just drop? No, I'm down to two. Oh, okay. That's a nine. That's a nine. You are struck with seven points of radiant damage. And, Mike, I need the same deck save from you. Deck save? Yes. Actually, no, no. Give me a wisdom saving throw. Hey, that's something that I actually have some points in. Uh, so wisdom saving throw. That'll be plus three. Uh, 22. All right. You felt your body start to clench up almost as if you would be paralyzed, but you were able to kind of shake out and not be affected by that spell. Hmm. We then move on to Clyde. Uh, nobody around the bowman? Uh, no, the bowman's kind of been skirting back and forth the back edge of the field shooting at. Oh, God. Go to town on his face. Or not. That is a seven. No, a seven does not quite break through his leathery armor. Alright, Tracy ends the start of round seven. I feel like I don't want to, but I kind of have to. We're going to spend our last spell slot, and we are going to ensnaring strike. Okay. So we're going to run over to the uh, bowman and uh, take a swing. Uh, does a 16 hit him? Yes, that very much hits him. Alright, so he will take six points of bludgeoning damage. Alright. And 
course, ensnaring strike being a bonus action. Uh, he is now ensnared by magical vines until the spell ends. Uh, at the start of his turn, he'll take 1d6 piercing damage, and he has to use his action, his action to make a strength save to try to escape. Okay. Uh, Arla, it is your turn. Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out how this one works. Mm-hmm. It was one of those, the way he said this, but they're doing this. Huh? It's alongside that, like what she brought up earlier. As a point of mention, when you are creating content, read similar abilities in the books, or at least something that read how they were things, because specifically exactly. stating, uh, you know, this targets other creatures means you can't target yourself, and just the way that things are worded can really make or break how a homebrew item performs if it's up to the standards of the Yes, it can. Okay, so I am going to play the Jack of Diamonds, the Lapping Boy, and I need a Wisdom Saving Throw from the little archer. Uh, that's a 17. Shoot, yeah. Okay. These are some wise bandits. I know, I know. <clears throat> Which is funny, because I'm either rolling, like, ones or twos, or I'm rolling, like, 17 through 20. There has been nothing in the middle. All right. Uh, Luminea. All right, so what do we got? I'm on the Acolyte, correct? Uh, correct, I believe. Okay, so I will start by gaining my temporary points. That is round three of that um, I'm just going to stick with it. Great sword. I do not have advantage this time around. Hopefully this guy's got a little lower armor class than Bruce did. Bruce was a beast. Uh, 11 plus 2 for 13. Yes. Yes hit? That hits, yes. Wow! Dude, well, I, I hate... Does he still have Bless up? He does. Oh, shoot, I haven't been rolling. Um, you have, yeah, I don't think you've been rolling. Nope, I'm going to go ahead and say it's dropped. It's dropped? All right. There was enough commotion that somehow... Yeah, after taking four shanks of almost his entire hit point pool, we're going to say no. Well, it's dropped. Concentration um, six points of damage. Six, all right. He's right back down to where Virgil's got him about every single time. <laughs> all right. I have no bonus action options, so I pass. All right. We will then go ahead and move on to the enemies then. The Fanatic and the Alkalite. Um, I need deck saves from both Mike and Tra- uh, uh, Luminea and Tracy. Uh, 15. 13. All right, both of you pass. You're All good right. to go. Uh, then the Bandit is going to uh, go ahead and it's the start of his turn. Roll that damage. Yeah, he'll take one. All right. And he's going to go ahead and try and break free of that strength save, correct? That's a nine. Will that make it? All right. He tries, but he is not able to get his feet untangled from those vines. Clyde, it is your turn. All right. I will shank the abandoned Okay. Do I have advantage? Uh, yes, you do. Because uh, Tracy is within five feet. Uh, that is a 14 to hit? Yes. All righty. Jesus, that's five points of piercing damage. How do you finish? Just uh, run up, put the rapier through the throat, and just pull it back out. <laughs> All right. And then I will move up to the uh, up to the fanatic. Okay. You're getting his face. Tracy, it is your turn. Beginning of round eight. So who's still up? Fanatic and alkalite. Alkalite five. A handful. Alright, um, 
I'm going to uh, move up to the Acolyte, and is he, is he still on him? Yes. Uh, no, uh, no, you moved up sorry. to the Fanatic. I moved to the Fanatic. Mike is still on the Alcohol. Okay, I'm going gonna, gonna to move out of the backside of the uh, Acolyte, and if you're trying to deal non-lethal, you attack a disadvantage, right? Yep. Oh, okay. just regular right. attack. We're going to try to deal non-lethal damage to the uh, Acolyte. That's crit. All right. You punch him in the throat. Uh, uh, yeah, your modifier is going to be high enough. You're right able to... There in the solar plexus. Yes, yes. Where would your penguin fists attack <laughs> to knock him out? I'm, I'm going to say a good nut punch would probably not lethal him to the ground, but... I'm figuring this guy's got a glass jaw. <laughs> okay. Just kind of crack him across <laughs> the jaw. As he goes limp, I'm going to make sure I get a you know, kick with my foot. Flipper. Make sure I'm keeping an eye on him in case he decides to get up, but I definitely want to uh, slap him around a little bit and get some answers out of him when he comes to. Alright, he is definitely unconscious. Um, am I five feet away from the Acolyte? Yeah, you'd be within five feet. I mean, you can use my bonus action to make a grapple attempt against the Acolyte, though. Yeah, yeah, he's unconscious. I mean, you. Or not the Acolyte, sorry. The oh, the Cult Fanatic? Fanatic. Uh, no, the Cult Fanatic would have been within five feet of the captain because he kept using Inflict Wounds. Okay, that's touch. right. Yep, so I will, uh, I will move around to the backside of the Fanatic then. Okay. All right. Uh, we then move on to Arla. Just the Fanatic standing. Yep. Let's see if I can regard all this time. That's funny. <gasps> all right, roll that damage. That time. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So... <laughs> That's four and four, so eight. Eight? Uh, four and four. You yeah, you rolled double, right? So, like, you rolled, it's like two attacks, right? Or no, you rolled double at modifiers once. Okay, so then six. Okay. He definitely did not enjoy that, but is still standing. Finally hit something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luminea. Oh, and this is the last one? Yes, the last uh, one. It, does he look to be the sword? That is dodging in the dexterous fashion. No, he looks the sort that it's okay taking some cuts and bruises. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and try Sacred Flame. Actually, no. Uh, are we advantaging on him as he's flying? Yes, you would be advantaging. I'm gonna go ahead and move in with that and try another flank attack. Okay. Position myself accordingly. Take a swing with my great sword. Um, that'll be a seven plus two for nine. Not quite enough. Close, but not quite. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nope, nothing, never mind. I was just thinking. Go. Carry All on. right. Uh, carrying on, uh, the cult fanatic is going to go ahead. Virgil, I need a wisdom save from you. Nat 20. Nat 20. All right. Once again, you feel that terror, or I guess uh, the same spell that he tried to cast on Luminea last turn. He attempted to cast on you, but uh, was not able to make that work. Uh, Clyde, it is your turn now. Go for the kill. That's gonna hit. Okay. And then, uh, eight points of damage. Alright. And then I'm gonna break out. So, yeah. He is well below bloody at this point. We then move on to Tracy at the start of round nine. Alright, you goon. I've had about enough of your shenanigans yet. That is a 15 to hit. Yes. For 9 points of bludgeoning damage. Plus 7. 
Focus sweet. How do you end this in an extreme way? <laughs> yes. Just kind of that, that, that enraged, just wham, 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 wham. <laughs> oh, God. Picture that this little penguin just slap, 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 slap. All right, well, now all of that business is done for. I'm going to go back up, go, go to the uh, acolyte, get him by the shirt collar, and slap him awake. <laughs> okay. You slapped him awake. He's extremely confused by what is going on here. All right, Jamook, I need answers, and I need answers now. So I need you to tell me who's bankrolling this lady, you see? What, where's your intimidation? What you got for that? So that's the fun part. I get advantage on charisma checks to gather information. Okay. Uh, because I actually have... I take the bandit to scimitars analysis just to have on that. Uh, I have uh, plus four from my charisma, and I do have uh, proficiency in it, so uh, I can attempt to help out. Yeah, I was going to say, if uh, Rapunzel and Club Penguin were beating the crap out of me, I'd tell them anything they wanted to know. Hey, I thought 12 for me to assist. I'm going to give you the count of one, see? It's <laughs> <laughs> all the higher penguins can count. Gotta give them a break. Okay, well, who's bankrolling all this? Yeah. Well, the, the, the Shadow Guild, of course. Oh, wait, no, this was the culture one. It was, it was the Shadow Guild who did it. I need you to tell me where I can find these thugs. Well, you don't tell that kind of information unless you want to die. No, don't, don't hit me sword. again. Don't hit me again. Just, just follow, follow the stream further down, and you'll get, you'll get to where the. I haven't even given this guy a rank. Uh, where, where the fence is? Who, where the guy who's collecting it all? They're gonna take it all out to port, and that's where they'll distribute it from there. Just follow the sewers down. Voice song you sang like an Indian, I thank you for it. <laughs> Let me go. I don't think so. <laughs> Drag some rope out of my pack in the. Truss him up like a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, if you're gonna kill him, it would be in cold blood. Piglet, <laughs> cold blood, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, that was my make, make sure yeah. that he's tied up good and tight, and then, okay. uh, drag him back to the sewer entrance and just throw him out the grate. Okay. Leave him there for the constabulary. Alright. Yeah, you're able to just kind of at the other end of that pathway, you see a grate shining some light through, and your guys are able to move the grate out of the way and just kind of lob the body up there. Uh, and it's a busier street right on the edge of the street. Uh, wait, wait, wait. So. Before they throw him up, I'm going to pockets. Okay. You give him the old reach round, and you're able to find uh, his holy symbol, and that's basically it. Uh, a few silver pieces, but not a whole lot else. Okay, I just throw the symbol in the sewer. Okay, carry on. Okay. My, my uh, three silver pieces. Uh, you probably got this from Yes, that is what you're guessing. <laughs> um, oh, and then you also find a statue um, of... I didn't pick a god form. Um, of the same... Yeah, no, it wouldn't be Tor, but... Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to say the, the same uh, a statue that looks like it came from one of the temples. Um was uh, sitting there. Looks like he was going to add it to the cash. You're thinking he's probably stealing from within the church. Other than that, you don't see anything else. 
Uh, so you guys were able to find out from him that, you know, if you fur go further down the sewers, you'll find the fence and the major network. So at this point, your guys are, you throw the body up through that grate, climb up through, find the local confabulary, and let them know what's going on, that there's going to be muscle coming through these tunnels later on, and it would be a good idea to send them down, but barricade this off before it hits port. So this is where we'll go ahead and break for this first section, and, uh... We will go on from there. So everybody go ahead and say goodbye. Goodbye, she. Goodbye, see. <laughs> Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. If you would like a chance to join our show and vote on who gets in and what material makes it, please visit our Patreon page where you can help support our podcast and possibly join the crew here. Also, if you would like to follow us, we are on Facebook at Guild Adventure. You can also find us on our website along with links to all the material at www.theadventuringguild.com. So thank you all very much and we hope to see you next week. <laughs>